0: Can be only one podcast, and may it be the Prince of the Universe. Hi, folks. I'm Matt,
1: and I'm Wes. This hey. is not NPR. <laughs> I was
0: getting earlier. This is not NPR. All right. No, it's not. No, it's not. This is this is talking about wrestling again. Our great, our grand return to wrestling. You know, our wrestling podcast have a bit of a following.
1: Really? Yes. Well, yes maybe it, we need to revisit. We pick some up of that. a tick
0: whenever we talk wrestling. So R
1: A S S L I N. Yeah. That's some wrestling. Wrestling. This is what we're gonna talk about. Don, talk about uh, J, jr under J- Jim Ross under the black hat, which I'm wearing a hat tonight. You are? Oh, is that the reason? For no, that? I just tried to look cool and then. Oh, okay, we'll see. Okay. And your I love hot moms T-shirt. Hey, everybody! You know, I'm trying to give a shout out out there. Was it date night tonight? <laughs> yeah, with Heath <laughs> and Brandon. Did you, did you go out with Heath? Yeah, we went and uh, had had a few drinks and. Oh, shut up. Yep, had some food at Enoch's,
0: oh, a Monroe okay. staple. Nice, nice. It is a staple there. You get the burger, I'm I did. assuming. What? Well, yes. uh, Galway or Belfast? Those are my favorites.
1: Or neither one? I got neither one. I got a, a different uh, type. One that had like sauerkraut and Whoa. Horser- the Cornelius, okay. I believe is. Okay, the Cornelius. Name. Okay.
0: Yeah. I haven't been in years because I know it switched. I know the kids run it now, right? Is that how
1: it goes? I don't know if the kids are running it. It looks like adults are running it to me. No, I
0: mean her, her children. She's old. Yeah, so yeah, chil- yeah, yeah. Her
1: kids are older, too, yeah. but I'm just saying her kids are older.
0: Yeah, when she ran it, she was not very nice, and I never went, so maybe I should go back. Plus, the service was really bad. Well, it's a bar food. If you're not a, Well, no, if you're not a regular, you don't get service. If you're a regular, they'll come in. They'll give you whatever you want, whenever, as fast as they can. If you're not, they'll be like, "Yeah, you're gonna wait." I get it. I get it. But at the same time, that's why I stopped going. Just be I nice. love their burgers, though. Just be nice. That goes a long way. That, that that's helps. true. I I try to, but then I also can't wait an hour and a half for a burger. So. You got to get there early. That's what they you got to get there early. That's true. That's true. I mean, and if if you're eating if you're eating dinner with Heath, you got to be there
1: early. Yeah, six thirty. <laughs> better be wrapping that shit up. <laughs>
0: He's already looking at He's, his watch. He starts yawning <laughs> and wanting to watch Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. That's great. And and then Brandon's re- reading the comic book, Logan's Heroes, huh? Close.
1: He's just one not put his cell phone down.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Is he and always on the phone? He
1: is on his phone. Oh, doing lot. some
0: important texting and, and looking up uh, stuff. He just likes to share things with us. That's nice. News. What about carrying a conversation on by yourself? Remember those days when you had to do it without the help of a cell phone? Times like these. Times like these, but that's still fun. Yeah, it's still fun. You got to got to go out yeah. and hang out with him. Mm-hmm. That's nice. If this podcast was four hours earlier, we could probably get him on.
1: Yeah, you know he's hit or miss with you know. He I mean, was, it's about he, 8, he yawned, gone. I think about seven times. <laughs> In the last 10 minutes we were there. Like, he he was fading fast. I don't know if he had to get back on the tractor tomorrow morning or what, but he was Yeah, you know, he, he turns into a gremlin quick. after 8 p.m. if he's Oof. not in bed. Man. <laughs> but he wakes up early, doesn't he? I have, I'm assuming so, to get that tired was, this early. <laughs> uh, perhaps so. Perhaps
0: so. But anyway, well, that's good. That's yeah. good. I'm glad. Glad you had a fun time. Mm-hmm. All fed and
1: everything. Yeah, let's do this.
0: Let's do this. Um, so, wrestling, you gave me Jr's book. I read it. Uh, you started to read it, but then you realized very quickly. It, you watch all of his interviews. I'm sure you listen to the podcast. Yeah, I
1: list his podcast pretty faithfully. So the this past is basically just the
0: uh, cliff notes of all all things he talks. Yeah, about I mean, podcast. I touched.
1: I, I I read pretty much all of it, but I didn't read. All of it, like because you knew the stories, right? Yeah, so someone who's listened
0: to JR a lot, the podcast, may not be the best buy for them because it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't for me, unfortunately. And I wanted
1: to like the the book because a lot of it, the the most important stuff to me was his wife passing away, right? Which I found pretty tragic. And I, when he talks about it on his podcast, it's pretty authentic emotions, right?
0: well, so may, okay, then that's fair. Maybe it'd be better to listen to these stories on his podcast rather than just read the book. Okay, all right, so, and I don't listen. I, I've listened to some of his stuff um, when he is on there with Conrad yeah. and stuff, and I've listened to him tell those stories a million times. Yeah, I listened to a bunch of that on YouTube once, but a lot of these stories I did not know. Some of them I did because I've read other, of course, other. Uh, uh, wrestlers autobiography so they kind of right. match up a little bit or it gives his side of the story now this is his second book correct his first one was slobber knocker correct and um, and so he mentions that but this one picks this one picks up about the time that the it's the WWF attitude era is ending correct and then it's going into a new era of entertainment the WWE correct. All right, and so that's kind of where we are time-wise with this. Just to let everyone know, you know, the just right. of the of the book here, um, laying the groundwork, I laying the groundwork, difficulty. and and a lot of the stuff at the very beginning, I remembered all of it, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's stuff that I, I'd heard about, so it didn't. The book didn't lose me, is what I'm saying.
1: No, it didn't lose me either. I just, I think I came in with such high expectations. Well,
0: when you've talked for so long and done so many podcasts about your life, about your work, it's hard to say anything new. Yeah. And I'm sure he had a book contract and said, all right, well,
1: we'll put it all in book. So if you want it all on file to read, there you go. That's basically how I see this. Yeah, there's so much media available to all of us now. It's reading a book. If if, if he wasn't readily available to do interviews
0: and didn't tell that many stories that much, then yes, this would be great. Yeah. But because he's just been so open to the public and shared his life story several times through right. interviews and his own podcast, even yeah. like you said, The Death of His Wife, I'd much rather probably hear that than see it written out.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that, like, you're – I'm so – I don't know. The relationship I have is based off that podcast so much stronger now because no, yeah, I've listened I to it faithfully for the past few years. And it's it, – It's probably my number one, along with the Mick Foley one that Conrad does. Hey, hey, it's Conrad, but yeah, yeah, I mean, those are my top two. Okay, top two. Well,
0: yeah, obviously, and I've listened to a few of it, too, so yeah, he is good. He keeps keeps the podcast interesting. Yes. Um, This one, I'll just go over the highlights of the book and what I thought about it. First off, he talks about um, his Bell's Palsy and people – Vince kind of working that in the storyline, mocking him at every chance he can get when he was kind of sensitive of it. Sure. I need to ask you, and he does this a lot, like when he has the colonoscopy or whatever, and then Vince does the big bit, making fun of that too. Um, I mean, he keeps saying about how he gets picked on, how he gets kind of run through the coals, but Vince did that to everyone. It didn't seem like he was just picking on good
1: old Jr. Well, I think he, he did that to everybody, but I think he did he did it extra to Jr. Like, there's some people that Vince – and I think that – and Jr. talks a lot about on his podcast about, you know, he had to shoulder a lot of that that Lawler didn't have to shoulder. Like, right. Vince would just terrorize them over the headsets and not really terrorize Jerry because I think a lot of it is Jerry has left and came back before and – It's just such a different relationship, and I think that Jim Ross just loves the wrestling business, and sometimes when you love the company more than the company loves you, or it's not a balanced relationship, that's what happens, unfortunately.
0: Right. Professional or personal. That's true. That's true.
1: He talks about Owen's
0: death, which is one I'd heard him do the interviews a million times on. Just tragic. About how he was just kind of, it was just all shock and he didn't know what to say, but he had to be the one. There was no one giving him direction because
1: they didn't know what to do. Right. They were counting him down just to go into it.
0: Counting him down to tell him, oh, by the way, you need to tell everyone Owen Hart's dead. He went, how? He said, you got 10 seconds before we go live. And he had to. I mean, he didn't know what to say. So all that was fresh and new and raw right there. The emotions you saw, very authentic, very real. Uh, probably the first time wrestling
1: got that real a- a- on a pay-per-view, would you say? Um, to that extent, I think the only other thing you could say it's close to that would be when Brett got screwed at Survivor Series. And...
0: It got real there, but yeah. the thing but is, nothing like... there wasn't, that was at the end, and there wasn't any dialogue, Correct. there wasn't anything. Yeah, this... Fans were more confused than anything. This one, something serious happened, and fans kind of realized. And like you said, it's middle st- of the
1: show, like... They just kept going, which is heartbreaking. It's for heartbreaking, everybody.
0: but at the same time, and this is one thing I I don't think J.R. addressed. I mean, he didn't defend it either. He just said they just kept going, and I think he's right because I think it was just a stunned. This has never happened. What do we do? And the only thing they knew how to do is the show goes on. You know, someone gets injured and stuff. And at the at the time, you know, they knew he was bad, but how bad did the wrestlers know? I, honestly, if he would have died, I don't think I think the wrestlers would have stopped. Well, I you think... Know, but they, then later
1: on, they found out. I mean, they knew he... They were pretty sure
0: he was dead when they were wheeling back. Well, yeah, because you could see Jerry... Uh, I've seen that video where Jerry's
1: just shaking up. He goes... Because he's kind of shaking. He goes, he's not good. You know, just kind I kinda think that if, if you would put that situation to... If that would have happened to Shane or Stephanie, that show would have stopped. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Unfortunately. Unfortunately.
0: Uh, he talks about his handshake agreement with Jeff Jarrett, which is the dumbest thing in the world he's been around this business long enough to know that stuff happens. Lex Luger and other – it happens all the time. A handshake agreement's not going to do it, but he was kind of acting like, well, he was a man of honor, and I thought he was going to – well, dude, how many times have you seen this in the business
1: already, especially with the Monday Night Wars? I mean – Yeah, and I think that you – know, and this is just to piggyback on that. You know, Jeff's side of that story is pretty good where he, he understands – well, he he kind of spoke to, you know, he was not one of Jim Ross's guys. Right. No, he wasn't. You know, he was not part of if there was a if there's a varsity team and a junior varsity, he's on the junior varsity team. Yeah. So he's playing, but he's not going to be if So they he understood. You, in, got, yeah. you know, they're going to lowball me because I'm really not figured into these plans and all he did was want to get all of his money on, up front. Rather than wait on the company to pay him out what they felt was yeah. discretionary, which I think oh. that in that business at that time, you had to do it that way. Well, so, no, nothing I, wrong with but, Jeff Jarrett. But the doing thing that.
0: is, though, I, just for JR to go be like, well, I thought a handshake meant a handshake back in the day. Come on, man. Come on, man. There's no way. There's no way. Especially when that situation, because Jeff Jarrett was in his rights to do that. But it's happened a million times. Don't shrug your shoulders and go,
1: I just. Didn't
0: see that one coming. Well, you should have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. I think I think it was pretty obvious yeah. that. But I mean, Vince
0: even tells him how this happened. I mean, the day before the pay per view, he, he's iconic, and they can see that. Right. It's just carelessness. Yeah. It's just carelessness, and that stuff happens. And he deserved to get all the money up front. Sure. He deserved because they screwed up. Yep. You got him now. You yep. got him. I, I don't blame him at all. I don't. Yeah. Think he's I a don't. Bad I, guy.
1: I don't think Jr. did anything <clears throat> wrong necessarily, other than. He should not have relied on a non-contract.
0: It, yeah, it agreement. was. It was. He was too naive. And in a world where you've seen this happen a million times, there. I, I'm. I'm with Vince. There is no excuse for that. Yeah. Um. I do agree with Jr. about the invasion storyline. Of course, this has been mentioned in several other books too. Wasn't. What a grand opportunity that was just blown away. But just blown, blown completely because. Everyone was talking to Vince about you can't let these guys beat the WWE guys. They always gonna be stronger and win. And so it was a one sided battle that really got boring and old and just ran its course way sooner. You could have had this 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 thing going for years. Yeah, be Plural. careful
1: what you get, what you wish for when you get it, and you just crap the bed.
0: Yeah, yeah. He he's a bi- I mean he and Austin are big buddies, so he always defends Austin every chance he can get, which is fine. That's expected. Um, but talks about his friendship there. Um, I believe he spoke about the plane ride from hell, because he mentions a bunch of stories from it about what happened. And he goes, well, what was I to do? I mean, they were giving the guys free food and free drinks. I mean, I can't control. Yeah, but if you
1: don't have their respect, they I, won't pull that type I of crap. I think he has their respect. I think that if you, if anybody, most, I'm sure most people listening to this podcast, have been on a plane, it's not the most enjoyable experience. Oh, no. And if you're sitting on a you're sitting there waiting to take off and you're not taking off, there's a lot of anxiety and if you're have access to alcohol, yeah, you're going to partake and if you're not going anywhere for hours, you're doomed. Oh yeah, I know. I know. And those yeah. guys were outlaws back then. It's just not the way it is now. That,
0: that's true. 20 that's years true. ago it was was the, was the was remnants of
1: right of guys, you know, driving 300 miles a night with 357s in their car.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, I love the story. I'd never heard this one about why he never went to TNA,
0: about me with Dixie Carter, about talking about things, about what he wanted, Right. about saying, hey, you got to do this. You're looking at trouble early. And that was exactly what was wrong with TNA. Yeah. And that's how they burned out quickly. Yeah. It's sad because they started off really strong. I remember talking about that, getting mm-hmm. the uh, Megan and I were watching a little bit of it. And, of course, she did enjoy that that's where the WCW guys went and stuff right. like that. And But I was hoping for a new life of where you'd have a new balance, the old and the new. But obviously, it was – It's unfortunate the it's the same
1: thing now with uh, the product. You Just because you have talented performers, if you don't have, like, the right framework yep. and management – Got it, nothing.
0: He gave a great story about Vince Russo calling him and saying, Hey, brother, you need to come over and be, be with us at TNA. He said, this coming from the same guy who had just re- released the book called Forgiven, which we've read and Correct. reviewed, right. and he quotes the horrible things right. he said about Jr. and his Bell's Palsy. Right. And I was like, ah, uh, brutal. Of course, Vince Russo, to his credit, J.R. said, did apologize to him sure. for all those things he said. But still, that is pretty ballsy to ask for the guy to come over when you know you just wrote a book out that probably is going to, if he didn't read it, someone's going to say, hey, Jr., there's something in Vince Russo's book you should know about, you know, which is probably what happened. I
1: doubt Jr. picked up Vince Russo's book and said no, to yeah, read this I'm, I'm, Yeah, it doesn't take long for people to hear bad news about them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the other one, and and this is what I've noticed, and I'm not really knocking on, I am knocking on Jr., but I'm knocking on a lot of people because I, th- I I believe I believe out of all of these I have ever read, the only two 100% honest people, you know, uh, have been Chris Jericho, and uh, Mick Foley. Yep, they have been 100% honest. If they were in the wrong, or they saw they they or they if they thought this was the right way and it went wrong. They try to give the other guy's perspective. Correct. And they just say, well, I felt this, but he felt this. He was in his right to feel that way, but I was not going to feel – I was feeling I was getting screwed and it was going to stop. Yep. No one else has been that honest. It's, in fact, there's a lot of hip, hypocrisy. I mentioned this because um, I really liked how Eric Bischoff's book. Start off like right. most people write books to give their side, that to, to to pound their Bible and give their soapbox argument. I'm just here to tell it as it is and I was thinking, well, that's great, and then he didn't. <laughs> he went on a defending rant about defending all his terrible decisions in WCW, you know, and everything, and and you know, declining to take any of shouldering any of the blame, always tossing anyone else. Jr. Uh, sadly, does it as well. I feel because he ca- talks about how people just suck up to Vince all the time and do stuff and write things and do little things just to get Vince to laugh or give him a compliment and that's all they fish for but at the same time, when he goes out there and gives a performance of his life and Vince gives him a compliment, he just basks in the glow of that he was so proud of that moment, he was so proud that was one of the kindest things Vince said well yeah, okay, everyone's enamored with the boss, Jr so don't because he said wow well, and from then on i decided that i was going to just wait, i can't remember what it was but he did he said my god jr you gave up you gave me your all out there and right. whatever for that one so he, he was really encouraged by that and he went home told his wife he was very happy and and he went out there to give it 100 percent. from then on out he bought into the whatever storyline it was and went all in you know that just motivated him okay well guess what when the boss compliments you and you want to do something like that again, don't make fun of the other hyenas trying to get a chuckle out of Vince. If you're basking – and I'm, there's nothing wrong with this, by the way. That's
1: most wrong 9 with, out of 10 businesses. That's 100%. If, you're, if your boss is not a big fan of yours, you're probably not going to last. Exactly. So you want to do stuff
0: that's going to make the boss remember you, point you out, give sure. a comment, pat you on the back. But to call everyone else out and saying, oh, they all oh, they just want to just writing these things, just get Vince's attention and stuff. Okay, well, guess what? That's the boss. You know what it's like, JR. You You're just working said. for that person. You're working for the same person. You gave the biggest, he gave you a compliment, and you just glowed about it and you just talked about how that motivated you. Okay, well, then now go back and read some of your early stuff that you wrote in the same book Yeah, and realize that's why people do it. Chris Jericho would say that. McFoley Foley would have said that. Sure. You know, and by the way, when these guys mess up in their books, they admit it. They said, I was wrong for this. I did this wrong. I, You know, I, I can't remember what it was at McFoley's, Foley's, but it was really good because he said he was told don't do it, and he did it, think it was the right thing, and then realized later on it was awful and we went back and apologized. Can't remember what that was, by the way. But anyway, um, the thing is, these guys admit. I mean, Chris Jericho talking about how his first match and every <laughs> every event he goes to sucks. It's absolute crap, right? You know, or or as they say, the shits. Yes, and uh, that's that mean. That's I that's, think it could
1: be the drizzling shits. Re- what, oh yeah, that's,
0: that's the term for yeah. a really bad match because right. Austin is worried about having those matches, uh, as we hear in this one. Uh, so. Because uh, several times he's worried about this match and that match and not working out, the Scott right. Hall match. Right. Um, there was another one too, and I can't remember what it was, but just kind of worried about, and worried about his whole career. You know, he was losing steam, which is why he said, Well, I need to go villain all of a sudden. And JR makes the case that I, I think it was a terrible idea because he was selling tons of merchandise. Yeah, but at the same time, it was getting old. Stone Cold had been the anti hero for so long. I think that it-
1: yeah, I don't, I don't, but obviously what they did did. How it was handled was terrible. Yes, yeah. I agree that. I don't that. think Austin, you could not make that guy a heel. It just, it, it not just wasn't It wasn't
0: clicking with the audience that we had to deal with what for the next three years after that. You're still dealing with that, still to a still a dealing that to a certain degree now. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Terrible. What? It's terrible. Yeah. He started it though. Yeah. He started it's terrible. it. Terrible. And it, it's, it, 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 I don't know how it could have been done, but I, do, I, I can see... He shouldn't have that, ever been a heel. It's just the way... I yeah. think that... I can see Austin's point, though. No, I can... He I, felt I, he wanted to change the The character. business
1: was cooling off. It didn't matter. Yeah. Everybody was cooling off.
0: That's a good point, because I don't think Austin realized that. He just knew that he was cooling off, and he couldn't see past his own From 2001
1: to 2002, the business dropped drastically compared to 2000 to 2001. I mean, you can look at, look at any number... Pay per view buys, attendance, anything—it was over. Yeah, for the yeah, you're right. For the most part, it's it, it just everything started leveling out.
0: <clears throat> so you would have said you would have put your foot down and said no, Stone Cold. There's no way. I would have said play. there's
1: a better way. Let's let. What other options do we have other than that? And I'm going to say here's why I don't think it's going to work. Right. We don't. We don't have anybody that's a good guy. Yeah, and people don't at the time, hate they you. Didn't. There's a thing, if, you know, when they if, turned Hogan, people were tired of Hogan's act, right? People were not tired of Austin's act. That's
0: true. That's true. All, I mean, they just weren't Austin felt it. And the only way there's no there was no one at the time that he could have feuded with where they wouldn't have chosen him over anyone else. Correct. I think later on, you look at um, if he would have picked on someone who was getting a lot of, you know. There's nobody. And nobody. There was no one at the time. There's nobody ever. Ever. Okay. All right. Not well, in my opinion. I okay. mean. I, I mean. Maybe. I don't know. If don't you know. put him
1: in the ring with Hogan, they're going to cheer Austin. If you put him in the ring with Rock, they so, cheered so Austin. So the
0: Toronto show, if they would have put Hogan Austin, you think they would have stayed with Hogan? I mean Austin. Yes. Instead of turned, not turned but started the tide obviously turned for in Toronto cuz Well, they still I love mean, th- th-
1: you got a pretty valid point on that. I think the Toronto show was so unique. That changed the direction of Hogan's storyline though. Yeah, but I just one show. I'm saying that I think it was such a unique situation with Hogan to be back. He had been off TV for I, so long. I understand long. that. And so, Toronto is rich with Hogan and, and and Austin didn't want to fight him cuz he said their fighting styles were
0: different. Do you believe that?
1: Yes, I don't. Okay. I don't think he wanted Hogan to make any money off of him because of the way Hogan treated, treated him. Okay, yeah. In WCW, well, Jr.
0: said that wasn't the case. He well, said it was because Austin said that he felt their 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 styles didn't match up, so they shouldn't do it because it would be a bad. Well, I match. think
1: that there's a there's a trick to that, but I don't think Rock and Hogan's match was, um, a five star mat classic. It was more like the emotion of that the crowd made that match more than the rest yeah i mean and, I and that's what that. i said and that's the thing about watching that now it's almost like you may get something like that now maybe every five years if you're lucky yeah um he talks
0: about how he's picked on and everything and i forgot to mention this but he also acknowledges that that's sometimes the best way to get heat because JR is beloved by everyone. Yeah, personal issues and, and he says that. When you're having but I can't feel sorry for you when you're also acknowledging the fact that they got to get heat. You can't just also I mean, sure, bring out old beat up old JR, embarrass him, whatever you have to do to get the heat. Cheap way to get heat, but it worked every time. And th- some days you just got to go for the I mean, I know he wore a black hat, but he was basically in the fan's eyes, the guy that wore the white hat, he was the hero in every storyline.
1: Every storyline. JR's never the villain. Well, I think that's true. I think your points are true, but so I did think... did they go the, too far? Yeah, I think the okay. whole thing about the colonoscopy and uh, all of that is just... That's just poor taste. No, that oh, definitely That's, a, that's did, somebody no, not no, having an edit I, button I'm sorry, on, I'm not talking about Vince. Vince. I'm talking
0: about Triple H. I'm talking about you know, whoever had to go into the ring at that time to... Whoop his
1: ass! To I get think some it heat. highlights how light the roster was with top level guys. If you've got to get the announcer well, involved, here's that the much. thing:
0: you can't you can't take on someone that everyone loves because you can't just whoop them around because then that makes them look weak. So but got, yeah, but I mean, they can't. Go the, he can't whoop staff.
1: the wrestler. So where's this going?
0: Well, it just putting heat on him so that the other wrestler who's defending him, like Austin or whoever else yeah. was it. Yeah. Can come on out. Who was the other guy he teamed up with? The um, the Selena? guy he brought in from Oklahoma. Oh, Dr. Jack yeah? Swagger. Oh yeah, Jack, Jack Swagger. Swagger to come in and be the hero, you know. So it was served a purpose. But all right, last one. Um, his we'll talk about his wife not wearing a helmet.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. Um, but she she had a motorcycle accident in the state of Oklahoma. Not to wear helmets, and. That seems to be, and there's of course bad consequences for that. Uh, his wife the whole time in the storyline. He's talking about how he and his wife are basically partners in this. How they did things together, and and it's nice over when you're looking over the book as a whole because he's basically just talking about this and how he shared these memories with his wife. He kept that as the central part of the story. He brought his wife into everything backstage right. when he went home, when he moved home, when he did this, when he did that, and so. I'd never read Slobberknocker, but I'm assuming his wife was not as central. I didn't read she it she passed
1: away, but I, I mean, would assume
0: she wasn't which i'm fine I'm fine with this i'm i'm not I'm not judging the book. I'm just saying it was nice to talk because his wife was a big part of this book. I don't think she would have i think she would have been a little bit but not as big
1: if she had not have passed away probably not I think that this was you know a grieving process obviously for anybody who's lost anything, yeah. Uh, for that, and I'm sure it's like what he felt like he needed to do as like a uh, a love letter to that part of his life that was no absolutely, absolutely. So I liked it. I no that I was good. I applaud all that.
0: No, that was good. No, I'm just saying that was good, and I'm glad that he put that all put that all together because it makes you care. Instead of him just, you know, maybe mention his wife here and there, and then right. he got a call. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, it's still sad. Sad, sad. But now you get to know how much, like like when they shared the moment when they went to the Hall of Fame, you know, when right. he got inducted, and she was crying too, and he was crying. And, and when they shared news about being hired, being fired, the highs and lows, you know.
1: What a real they, relationship. what You know, a lot of people that read that, including us, we can't relate to some of these stories because it's right. just like a fantasy, but... Anybody's been in love and you've lost it, you can relate to every bit of that, which right. most of us can.
0: Right. No. Right. Exactly. So that that was that was really good. Now I, I wanted to know this because on the podcast, what what all did he say? What all he because it mean, was this was in the second to the last chapter, and then it just kind of ended.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, he to me more about what the podcast what he talks about is. He doesn't get into detail about it too much. He just really talks about how the process, what happened, and how he tried to come out of it.
0: Yeah, in the book he mentions he was on his way home, driving home from a show. He got a call from an unknown number. He usually doesn't pick it up, but he did. It was the hospital saying, hey, your wife's in critical condition. Went there, couldn't believe what was happening, and then later she passed away. At the funeral, everyone showed up. And he really appreciated everyone's support. And tra- people were calling. Right, All the big wrestlers called, offered their support and prayers and whatnot. Right. And a lot of them showed up to the funeral, which he said meant a lot, too. Right. And it kind of ended a little bit on that, that, that resting point. That was basically the stop of the book. So I was just wondering. Well, I think
1: his career was pretty much over at that point. You know, he was doing. He uh, was happy with
0: NXT. He did talk about his work in NXT. He was very proud of that
1: you know and i mean he had he had kind of gotten into new japan somewhere in that
0: right that's where he was going
1: um so his career had kind of shifted from vince yeah he had kind of it had ran its course so yeah he was kind of getting into a part of his life where he's not going to be traveling he's not going to have those amount of responsibilities and it's just one of those sad stories yeah, like it is i think that uh i mean I, my ex uh her mom died when uh probably a year or so before her husband retired it was like wow. this big thing where he worked extra to secure all of this you know money and stuff because you you don't want to leave too early and leave money on the table then he works and then his wife passes away right so oh. yeah, yeah it's one sad. of those it's just one of those tragic things where it's what's most important in your life, you know, is it, it's a love language, you know, is it time spent, all those kind of things. So I think it's, for that to look at it, you know, for people like us that are in their 40s, you know, it gives you some insight into kind of, yeah. yeah, perspective. Hey, what am I doing all this for?
0: Yeah. Um. So overall, I'll have to say, if you don't know much, if you don't listen to JR that much, you can read the book and enjoy it, but it sounds to me like you should probably just listen to the podcast, highlights of the podcast and stuff like that. I would agree with that too.
1: Yeah, I think that. For me, the podcast just comes across so much more, and um, Jr. is a great storyteller. Yes, in the book and on the podcast, but with someone like Conrad who knows how to go high and low, he really f- navigates it so well. He just gets so much out of Jr. Good, yeah.
0: So check it out, yeah, check it out. And uh, also, I want to add something else here, folks, uh, in in the comments. Is there another wrestler you'd like us to talk about? We're open to wrestling ideas, so go ahead and give us them. And we'll see you next time on Princes of the Universe.